We have seen the wave called the healing revival. That happened in the late 1940s, early 1950s. We've seen the wave called the charismatic movement. That was prominent in the 1960s. How many of you got born again and filled with the Holy Ghost during that charismatic movement? Anybody in here? Well, we got a few. Yes, indeed. Uh, We have seen the wave. Of faith and teaching of God's word. But another wave is coming. It's the wave of the Holy Ghost. Woohoo! Oh, yes, we've seen the power of the Holy Ghost in a limited fashion, but a wave is coming that will bring His power on a higher level and in a far greater measure than we have seen heretofore. I can see that wave way out yonder in the deep waters. It's coming. It's the wave of the Holy Ghost power and it's building higher. Now, Brother Hagen went home to be with the Lord in 2003 and he saw this not long before he went home to be with the Lord. So what does that tell us? We're closer. The wave's getting bigger. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And then he says, um, don't stay. Oh, wait a minute. Did I read this part? Yeah. Yeah. It's coming. The wave of the Holy Ghost is a power are building higher. The waves are building higher. Don't stay on the old wave of yesterday's move of the spirit. Swim out to the deep waters of the spirit realm by praying in the Holy Ghost. How many of you pray in the Holy Ghost, filled with Holy Ghost power, speaking in a brand new tongues? Hallelujah. Praying in the realm, spirit realm, by praying in the Holy Ghost, get on the next wave of God's purposes for this hour. Then keep on praying so you can ride that new wave as it builds and builds in divine power and glory. Now, I love, love, love this part. I'm convinced, said Brother Hagin, that the wave that is coming will be twice as high as the healing wave. The charismatic wave or the faith wave. In fact, it will be twice as high as all of them put together. I believe it's going to be the wave that sweeps us right on in to the shores of the glory world. Woo! Can I get a partner and shout with me? Hallelujah. (laughs) That's the time. We're living in. That's what we can expect to see and happen in our lifetime, in this day and in this age. Now, recently I was reading in John chapter 2, and this might seem a little bit different to you, but I believe that this applies. John chapter 2, and we're going to just read this account. This was the account of Jesus' first miracle when he turned the water into wine at this wedding feast. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. We'll keep reading. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? 
My hour has not yet come. He hadn't started performing miracles yet. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, read that with me. You know, that was good advice then. And it's still good advice today. Whatever Jesus says to you, be quick to obey. Just do it, right? So let's see what else happened. Continue reading. Now, there were set there six water pots of stone, according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water, and they filled them to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. And when the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn it, they knew where the water came from. The master of the feast called the bridegroom and he said to him, every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior, but you have kept The good wine until now. And when I read that and I heard someone say just a little bit about that this week when I was listening to him. You have kept the good wine until now. What came up in my heart, he has saved the best for last. Woo! He's kept the good wine till the end. Doesn't that go right along with what Brother Hagin saw? That this new wave that's coming is twice as high as the healing wave or the charismatic wave or the word of faith, the preaching of the word wave. Glory to God. That sounds like to me, he saved the best for last. Woo! And we get to partake of it. We get to be alive in this day and in this hour. Our God is not into what the best to worst. He's not in the good to bad. He's into progression, the better to better to better. The good, the gooder, the goodest. Hallelujah. <laughs> The best to the bestest, if that was a word. Glory be to God. It was good when the 120 got filled with the Holy Ghost. It was good during the charismatic renewal. It was awesome during the healing revival. Woo! But he saved the best for last. Hallelujah! Glory be to God. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad you get to be alive in this day and in this age. Woo! Hallelujah. God would not have started out the church in a blaze of glory like he did in Acts. They started out on fire. They started out filled with the spirit, filled with the glory of God. He would not have started out the church in a blaze of glory only to have us fizzle up and die on the vine. That ain't happening. Only to have the church have to run in and hide in caves and eat tribulation food. Not going to happen. We're the light of the world. 
We're the glory of God and we're going to shine bright in this day and in this hour. We're going to be who we were created to be. Children of God, overcomers. Glory be to God. Woo! And we're going to do it not in our own might, not in our own ability, not in our own strength. Have you figured out you ain't got what it takes in the natural? You can't fix people. You can't save people. You can't even heal a gnat's wing. We can't do that in our own ability. Woo! But thank God we got someone who lives on the inside of us. Someone on the inside working on the outside. Woo! Oh, what a change. And oh, what power has been given to the church. To the people of God. I got to remind you. Acts chapter 2. We got to look over there. This was the beginning of the church age. Acts chapter 2. Verse 1. This was the initial outpouring. Of the Holy Ghost. And when the day of Pentecost. Had fully come. They were all with one accord. In one place. Now, God has never done anything by accident. It was no accident that the Holy Ghost fell on Pentecost. Pentecost was a feast day. And the first feast day of Pentecost was celebrated when Moses was given the law on Mount Sinai. And that that mountain was covered with thunder and lightning and the presence of God and a great shaking. And now the fulfillment of the feast of Pentecost and the Holy Ghost. He wasn't on a mountain. He's on people. Hallelujah. And the people began to shake and the place shook with the presence of God. There's three things about this first verse that we just read. It was the right time. Fulfillment of the feast day. They were in the right place. They obeyed Jesus instructions. He said, go. To the city of Jerusalem. And wait till you be endued with power on high. He's saying go. And don't you leave home without him. Don't you leave that place. Till you know. You're wall to wall Holy Ghost. Right time. Fulfillment of this feast. Right place. Obeying Jesus instructions. You ought to confess this on a regular basis. I'm in the right place. At the right time. I'm here, the voice of the Lord, and I make my divine connections. Those were divine connections. That was a divine appointment. Right time, right place. And then this, it was the right spiritual atmosphere. They weren't in there playing tiddlywinks or checkers. They were waiting on the Lord. They were praying. And what happened? It says they were in the same place in one accord. One accord. Unity always brings the power and the presence of God. 
Remember over in, in Chronicles when they were dedicating the temple. And it says that the priest and the musicians, they could not stand to minister anymore because they had sung unto the Lord. And it sounded like one voice, not voices, one voice, such unity and such harmony as they praised and worshiped God. And what was the result? Whoop. The presence of God so filled the temple they could not stand to minister. And that's what happened on this day. Right time, right place, in right spiritual conditions or atmosphere. Unity and one accord. You want to read some more? How about, let's look at verse 2. And suddenly. Woo! Everybody say suddenly. We're living in a time of suddenly. Woo! You know, I know that lots of times we have to believe God and we have to stand in faith. And that's awesome. We stand on the word and get the desired end result. But I believe that we are in a time of suddenly. Woo! Suddenly. Woo! Hallelujah. That breakthrough you're believing for. Suddenly. That healing you've been standing for and believing for. Woo! I think I can use some of that. Would you, can you use a season of suddenly? Hallelujah. Well, suddenly there was a sound from, where's it from? Heaven. Small wars have been fought in past over whether tongues is of the devil or not. Listen, this sound did not come from hell. It came from heaven. And if tongues was of the devil, all of the worst criminals and all of the terrorists would be speaking in tongues. And I guarantee you they're not. It was a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. I love something that John Osteen said. He's Joel Osteen's father. Been in heaven now for many years. But he said it was a suddenly because the Holy Ghost was in a hurry to come and take charge of the church. Woo! It's God at creation, Jesus during salvation, the plan of salvation, and then the Holy Ghost. He said, it's my turn. I get to come and take charge of the church. I get to come and live in Jesus' people. I get to come and let my power and my presence come upon them. So it's like, whoo, here I come, ready or not, here I come. But we're ready. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is not a work of the flesh. It's not a man-made doctrine to say I'm Pentecostal. Pentecostal is not a denomination. It's an experience. It's a movement. It's Jesus fulfilling prophecy. Hallelujah. Sound from heaven. Oh, just close your eyes right now. I hear a sound, a sound from heaven. It's a sound of the abundance of rain. I hear a sound. It's the wind of the Holy Ghost blowing and stirring across this earth. 
for this last day outpouring. Glory be to God. Thank God for his help. Thank God for that sound of the Holy Ghost moving across our nation. Our nation needs healing. Our nation needs restoration. It's not going to come through a man. But it's going to come from heaven. Woo! And he's helping us. He's helping us. And you know, nothing scary or harmful is going to come from heaven. People get so weird about being filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, it's, you know, I might get... I might get a bad spirit. I might get this. I might get that. No, if you're born again, that's the only criteria. If Jesus lives on the inside of you, you don't have to be concerned about getting a wrong spirit. The Holy Ghost is from heaven. We just read it. That sound came from heaven. Doesn't it say over in James chapter 1, every good gift, every perfect gift comes where? It comes down from the Father above. Woo! The Holy Ghost is a good thing. He's a gift from the Father above. Someone may ask, well, can I go to heaven without speaking in tongues? Certainly you can go to heaven without speaking in tongues. But why would you want to endure the hell down here without heaven's help? Why would you want to? I want all the help I can get. How about you? I want all that heaven has to offer to help me here in the nasty now and now. Glory be to God. We got a heavenly helper. His name is the Holy Ghost. Now let's keep reading. Verse 3. I'm glad I don't have a lot of scriptures because we're not going very fast. But it's all right. Verse 3. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire. And one sat on each of them. Verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them All right, class, who did the speaking? That was weak. Who did the speaking? Who gave the utterance? The Holy Spirit gives the utterance, but we have to yield and do the speaking. It's ridiculous to say, if I ever speak in tongues, it'll be the Holy Ghost making me. No, he's not going to make you. We have to yield to him. It's our voice. It's our vocal cords. It's our mouth. Now, unless you're really like an awesome ventriloquist, stand up here, see you. Tell everybody your name without opening your mouth. She can't. You can't speak without opening your mouth. And some people get hung up on that in being filled with the Holy Ghost. Or they grit their teeth and it's like they got locked jaw. Make me talk, Holy Ghost. I dare you to read No. We have to open our mouth. We have to yield. They did the speaking. He gave the utterance. Now I want you to look again here at verse 3. There's another thing I want to talk about here in verse 3. Divided tongues of fire. And what happened? It sat up on each of them. The Holy Ghost literally 
sat on them. And when they were sat on, guess what? They got saturated. This isn't a weird play on words, but think of it like this. The first three letters of saturate spell sat. So they got sat on and they got saturated. Saturated literally means this, to soak, to load, to full capacity, to permeate. They got saturated. They got soaked from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. They were overwhelmed. They were permeated throughout their being with the presence and the power of God. That's why they got so consumed and so overwhelmed with the presence and power of the Holy Ghost. They stumbled out into the streets and they were accused of being drunk in the morning time. And they were drunk, but they weren't drunk with Bud Dummer. They were filled with the new Holy Ghost wine. God's new wine. It's so fine. It's so fine. God's Holy Ghost new wine. Now, if someone sets on you, you're probably going to know it. I did that illustration and I won't, I'll, I'll spare anyone from that experience because I know it leaves a mark. But if somebody or something heavy sets on you, you know it. You sense their presence. And that is what happened to them that day. Amen. Saturated. Now, I heard a friend of ours, Mark Hankins, say this this week in in the message I was listening to. So I'll give him the credit this time. And after this, it's mine. But he said this, certain gifts from God are never activated until you have been saturated. Isn't that good? Certain gifts of God on the inside of us. Put your hand right here and say, I got gifts on the inside of me. Gifts and callings of God right here on the inside of me. But certain gifts from God are never activated until you have been saturated. Until you have been sat on by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And he does leave a mark. And when you get set on, he marks you for service. Hallelujah. To be a witness. To be whatever God's called you to be. When's the last time you got set on by the Holy Ghost? Woohoo! Well, I believe it can happen tonight. Now, throughout scriptures, the Holy Ghost is symboled in different ways. He's symbolized as oil, but he's also symbolized as water, as fire, but as water. Let me ask you a question. Did you take a drink of water today? Is one drink of water in your entire life enough to sustain you for the rest of your life? No. Only if you plan on living a few hours or a few days. But if you want to keep living... 
You got to keep drinking. You got to stay hydrated with the presence of God. You got to stay hydrated in the natural. Our body, I don't know how much percent of our body is water, but a lot of it is, is how much? 90% of our body is fluids, is water. And that's why we got to be refreshed continually by water. Some of you are drinking right now and you're making me thirsty. But that's exactly what happens. Many people don't drink enough water. Have you ever been there? You get thirsty and you're like, oh, I need something to drink. And they try to substitute other drinks for water. I like Coke. Not a good thing. I really like Dr. Pepper. It's even worse. But you know, what can I say? In Oklahoma, they put Dr. Pepper and iced tea in our bottles. I just, you know, it's just part of it. But people try to substitute these things for water. And you cannot. Coke, Dr. Pepper, iced tea, coffee. Nothing wrong with these things in moderation, but they can't replace our body's need for water. For good old H2O. Why don't you give me a drink right now? I'm just getting thirsty thinking about it. Water, the refreshing beverage, right? But you know what? If, if that's true in the natural, then it is definitely true In the spirit realm, we have to drink in of the water to be refreshed. Just like we were doing a few moments ago at the end of worship there. That was beautiful. We were, what were we doing? We were drinking in, drinking in of the wells of water, drinking in of the living water. But Christians are just like people in the natural. Sometimes we try to substitute other drinks for the well, for the living water. We try to say, oh, you know, I'm thirsty. I, I think I need something. So I think I'll go watch 24 hours of TV. Or I think I'll get on social media. Or, you know, I, I need to find a new friend or a new relationship. No, there's nothing wrong with those things. But they cannot take the place of drinking in of the Spirit of God. Now, as we close tonight, I want to look over in Ephesians chapter 5. Pastor read some of this this morning. Ephesians was written to the church at Ephesus by the Apostle Paul. And keep in mind that this was the same group of believers that had gotten filled with the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 19. You can track that out. Acts chapter 19 is when they went and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. But now he's writing to them a letter in Ephesians and he's going to tell them that they need to be being filled. They need to have an infilling, a refilling of the Holy Ghost. So Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17 in the Amplified. Therefore, do not be vague, thoughtless and foolish, but understanding and firmly grasp what the will of the Lord is. Anybody want to know what God's will is for your life? Well, this is where it all starts. It's found in verse 18. Keep reading. This is how you will know the will of God. Don't get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. You know what? I'm not going to meddle, but that's good advice. Lots of homes 
Lots of relationships, children have been victims and their lives have been destroyed because of alcoholic parents. It's not a good thing. So he said that don't get drunk with wine for that is debauchery. But do do this. What are we supposed to do? Be ever filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. This is his will. If you want to know God's will for your life, get filled with the Spirit. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, then your spirit is in tune with him and you'll be able to hear easier the voice of God when you are full when you are empty you're open prey to all other sort of voices you're open prey to confusion and to deception but when you're full hallelujah you're going to hear you're going to know the will of God doesn't the Bible say Romans eight fourteen? as many as are led by what The spirit of God. They are the sons of God. So I exhort you tonight. If you're seeking God about what you're supposed to be doing in your life. And sensing there's a change. Spend extra time praying in the Holy Ghost. Building yourself up. Staying full of the spirit. And it will be easier to discern and to hear the voice of God. And then this verse here. It says, but ever be filled. That, that is not a play on words, but in the original language, it's literally saying, be being filled. It denotes a continuous drinking in. It's not a one-time experience. I grew up in a great, you know, Pentecostal church. It was a denominational Pentecostal church. But we'd have testimony service on Sunday night, every Sunday night. And some of the saints, it was kind of sad. They'd stand up and they'd say, I've been saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost for 50 years. But they did not look like it. They had zero joy and looked pretty scary. And that's not what it's supposed to be. Well, okay, good. I'm glad you spoke in tongues 50 years ago. But did you know you needed to 50 seconds ago? Let's do something about this face here. Let's do something about our joy level. The Bible says in Acts 13, 52, that the disciples were filled with the Holy Ghost and with joy. Acts 13, 52. They were filled with the Holy Ghost and with joy. So when we pray in the Spirit and stay full of the Holy Ghost, you know what a sign will be that you're full? Smile. Smile. See Yahoo. There you go. Joy. I see joy on the faces of God's people in here tonight. Woo. That tells me you've been drinking from the right place. You've been drinking in of the spirit of the living God. And is your attitude that way? I'm not going to just have one dose of the Holy Ghost. That's not enough for me. I'm going to keep in, keep on drinking and drinking every opportunity that I get every day. On the way to work every night before I go to sleep, I'm going to build myself up praying in the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm sure that I've got some experts in here and I won't embarrass you, but I'm sure there are experts in here. If I were to ask you, hey, have you ever been drunk in the natural? 
And if you wanted to stay drunk, what'd you have to do? Well, y'all are volunteering the information, so obviously, obviously some of you have firsthand experience. So what do you got to do if you want to stay drunk in the natural? Keep drinking. It's the same in the realm of the spirit. If you want to stay full, we got to keep drinking in of the spirit of God. And there are several ways to drink in of the spirit of God. Obviously, getting in his word will refresh us. Speaking the word will help you stay full and cause your spirit, man, to be strong. But I like how it says here in verse 19, this is how we can stay full. Speak. Just stop right there. Speak. Speak out to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, offering praise with voices and instruments and making melody with all of your heart to the Lord. We just read it in Acts chapter 2. What was the initial sign of the 120 being filled with the Holy Ghost? They spoke in new tongues. In heavenly tongues. If we want to stay full of the spirit. We got to keep speaking. And not speaking fear. Doubt. Strife. Unbelief. What does that do? That drains you. We live in a world where there's lots of drains. There's lots of opportunities. To make us leak. And when you leak. You get empty. If you got a leak in your gas tank and you don't know about it, you can keep filling it up and filling it up and it's just going to keep running out. But for the Christian, we don't want to leak. We want to say, ha ha, no, I'm going to stay full. Woo, I'm going to speak to myself in songs and hymns and spiritual songs. I'm going to be a praiser and a worshiper of God. What we speak, what we say impacts whether we're full or whether we're empty. Whether we're built up or we're torn down. We've been quoting it, but the Bible tells us in Jude 20 that we build ourselves up on our most holy faith. Jude's only got one chapter, verse 20. Continually make progress. Rise higher and higher. How? By praying in the Holy Ghost. Oh, Father. We thank you for our heavenly helper. We thank you that you said, if we're thirsty, come to you and drink. Thankful for the well of salvation that we've all received when we receive you. But you also said, oh, the well is for us. When we get saved. But then you said out of our belly would flow rivers. 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 Rivers of life that touch every area of your life. Rivers of life to your 
your family. There should be rivers of life that flow out to your place of employment. Oh, to your school. What Rivers of life that flow out to a hurting, dying, sighing humanity. Holy Ghost, let us see the lost. Let us see humanity as you see them. We've got life. They're bound by death. They're bound by sin. But we have life. We should be. Like one of our dear friends say. We should be your water boys. <laughs> Carrying the water of life. Wherever we go. Purpose, 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 purpose of Pentecost. The main purpose of Pentecost. Jesus said it in Acts 1.8. You shall be witnesses. You shall be carriers of me. You shall show my love, my goodness. My mercy, my power to those that don't know me.